welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology, and I'm not going to lie, we have a new air horn button, and I wanted to use it so bad. <laughs> Whoops, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so today I have with me Mr. Matt Leahy. Hey. Who can't keep his hands from the buttons, apparently. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and we have David Drover. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Stephen Da. Hello. He is no longer infamous, though. That was just the last episode. Only on bloopers. <laughs> Is that because I'm less well known now? Once a year, you you become infamous. Oh, excellent! <laughs> Can I get some warning as to when that's happening? Yeah, it'll be once a year at the beginning of the year. Whenever we do a bloopers episode. Oh, okay. There you go. Very good. All right. So as we mentioned last week, um, we are going to do an episode on even though there's a spoiler by David Drover, can God let you down? What? Do you, you don't remember last week? With the baby. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dave doesn't even remember. He doesn't even care, right? He spoils the episode. And then he's just like, wait, what? Dave, you let me down, man. Amen. Yeah, I was just waiting for you. I wanted you to come in and be like, no again. But like, you, you totally Dave let me down. Dave can let you down. Dave, Dave is not God. <laughs> I think we just had the podcast there. Steve just answered it all for us. There we so. go. No. All right, guys. Next so <laughs> next week. Yeah. So that was like a like what two minute podcast. <laughs> all right, guys. So um, I've come across some posts on social media within the last year or so uh, from people I know, and nothing against these people, but they asked a question basically. You know, like, can God let you down? Um, and they're basically yes, God can absolutely let you down. It's okay to wrestle with these feelings. Um, so I did a quick Google search, and I came across an article saying that God will absolutely let you down. Now, again, it was labeled under progressive Christianity, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's a good question for us to get into, because there are times, I think, when um, your feelings can betray you, or you you, you feel like, well, what's going on, God, why is this happening? Um, so guys, let's get into it. Is it possible for God to let us down? And please give me scripture when you start with your argument, whether God can or cannot let you down. Well, why don't we do it? Why don't we go around and, and see where we all land? And then we get into the scripture. All right. So you go first, Leahy. Yes and no. Yes and no. All yep. right. Drover. No. <laughs> Duh. I'd say it depends on what you mean by let you down. Mm -hmm. If you have certain uh, certain assumptions about God that are in fact incorrect, yeah, of course you're going to get let down because you're wrong. Um, but God, in the things that he promises, he will always fulfill them. Mm. So no, in that sense, no. Yeah, I'm kind of like a yes and no guy too, because again, the difference in how you interpret these things, and we'll, we'll get into it as we go on. But uh, all right, guys, so who wants to go first and defend their answer? Yeah, defend yes or no. Well, I mean, Steve, you kind of hit the nail on the head, to be honest. It depends on... on so I, I think, Steve, you hit the hit the nail on the head. It, it depends on, on how what your perspective is on God, uh, what your perspective is on the circumstances, uh, yourself. You know, there, there's a whole lot of ways to answer that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to align myself with you because, you know, if you look at it within the context of, of God answering his promises, because remember, what, is, what does Jesus tell the disciples when they say, when they come to him and say, Lord, 
how should we pray? Teach us to pray. What does he say? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not, you know, my kingdom come, my will be done. Because the moment that we start building our kingdom and inserting our will into our lives, I know that's another another theological rabbit hole to go down, then we're setting ourselves up for failure, right? But when you look at the promises of God and, and you know, look at, you know, salvation history, what, what, what does God intend to do to, to save and redeem a people for themselves? Then in that way, God is not going to let you down. Well, I, I think it's not hard to defend the answer of, you know, God will fulfill what he, what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he says it over and over again. Uh, I can't think of any specific verse off the top of my head, but I mean, uh, you know, the Lord is the Lord is who He is, and He will bear all the things to to the end. It says that uh, in Christ, all His promises are yes and amen. Mm-hmm. So in Christ, everything is fulfilled, as we see in Scripture. We see in the Book of Revelation, God working all things together. And I mean, my favorite verse, Romans eight twenty eight: mm-hmm. The Lord works all things together for the good of those who love and serve the Lord. They're called according to His purposes. Yeah, I think when I think of the phrase, you know, being let down or, or somebody letting me down or God letting, you know, you down or whatever. Um, typically, the, the way that I process that anyways, and somebody correct me if this is a not great definition, but there's some kind of promise or something that was expected that then didn't get fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they let they let it down. They promised something that didn't, didn't deliver. And therefore, the person who was promised... Um, two, they, they felt, they feel let down, right? So that's why I say no, because I think as Steve, you know, has said, I would agree with that, you know, God in his word, when he promises something, he never does not deliver. He always delivers on his promises. And I mean, if you're, it's not necessarily a specific spot. I think, you know, I think one of the boys will probably jump in with one, but I mean, if you go read the book of Psalms, how many times does it talk about God's faithfulness, his steadfastness? All these kinds of things. God is faithful. He will fulfill his promises. Um, And I just think that's a really general truth that's throughout all of Scripture. Right. Um, Now, of course, the problem we're going to come to is that there are times when we end up with things that we don't understand why God is doing it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yes, man. Yeah. Like, I I, I don't want to undercut the feelings that people actually have that, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I wanted God to do this. I felt that, that we were in the right place. I felt that, you know, God should follow through on this, and he just hasn't. I mean, there's an entire book of the Bible written specifically about a guy who had that happen to him. I mean, if you read through the book of Job, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, even um, for me as, as a youth, um, we had a youth pastor come, and uh, after only about six months, he, um, he made an announcement to the youth group that him and his wife were leaving. Um, and they and they, they were pretty upfront that they basically felt like they jumped into the decision. They rushed into it so they'd be close to the family. And after they after being there, they're like, "Yeah, this probably isn't where God wants us to be." Right. And it was it was very upsetting. Um, but you know, I'm, I can't say that God didn't use them because my relationship with that youth pastor was very formative in those six months. Right. He meant a lot to me in those six months. So even though from his view it might have been like, "Yeah, we kind of know our feelings." got the better of us here, yeah. God still used that, right? And I think, I think too, when it comes to these feelings that we might have of, um, well, as Steve was describing, that's where we need to cling to verses like Romans 8 right. and I think 2 Corinthians 4, you know, verses that tell us that God is working things for good. 
yeah. that there is a purpose for whatever is happening um, in your life at that moment. If I mean, obviously, there's that caveat of for those who love um, and all that kind of thing. But for Christians, if you're a Christian, you can know for sure that God is working things for your ultimate good. And that is a true promise that is true. So even if it doesn't feel like it, those are things we need to cling to. And I know also, um, I mentioned Second Corinthians 4, there's a really great song by Shane and Shane called Though You Slay Me. Um, and there's a version of it that I think Desiring God has on YouTube where they take a excerpt of Piper preaching this passage. Yeah. Um, and the couple of verses, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but at the things that are unseen. Um, but for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And he, he, he talks about those verses and says that, you know, because of this, your suffering's not meaningless. Right. There's always a purpose. And if you are suffering in the path of obedience, then what this is promising is that there is an eternal weight of glory that you will get because of that suffering. And I think it's just a powerful thing to cling to. Well, I mean, that's that's general in the promises of God. There's a lot of th- times when God's promises come through a lot of suffering. I mean, the famous one that always causes, you know, my blood vessels to kind of expand on my forehead is when people misuse Jeremiah 29, 11. I mean, you know, everybody knows this one. You know, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And everybody uses that as if that's a promise for them, but they didn't read the verse that comes immediately before it, Jeremiah 29.10, which goes, For thus does the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place, for I know the plans I have for you. So basically after 70 years, I haven't forgotten about you. Right. And there's still something good to become coming from this because you are still my people because of who I am. Right. And of course, 70 years is an awfully long time, at least from a human perspective. I mean, think about it. I'm 47 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 70 well, years is more than my entire lifetime. I'll be 33 in April. So put me and you together and we have 77. Yeah. So if I was, if a seven-year-old kid is listening to Jeremiah speak just before the downfall of the kingdom of Israel, and he's saying... Uh, you know, when you're 77, you will get to come back here. That's one heck of a Advent calendar. Well, yeah, but I mean, what's going to happen in the 70 years that you're there? I mean, all sorts of things can happen, all all kinds of negatives. You're going to see your uh, your kingdom destroyed. You're going to see all of your family brought into exile. You'll see uh, friends who may have been soldiers killed. You're going to see all sorts of destruction and then ultimately from 70 years now, yes, God's promise will be fulfilled. But mm. there's a lot of stuff between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. And it's it's God's promises where he's not going to let us down. Not what we think God should do. Right. Not what we thought we heard in a prayer or you know thought was confirmed from God. Yeah. But what's in Scripture is where God is not going to, you know, quote, unquote, let us down. He's faithful. Right. And, and, and this is going to be a problem, too, because it's so easy for us to imagine that God has promised things that he hasn't. Um, Especially if you're not interpreting scripture right. Absolutely. But, I mean, it, it happens in all sorts of ways. It, 
I can remember when, you know, uh, I'm, I'm an older guy now, so I've, I've had a lot of experiences. I've had times when I've been dating someone and I thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. God is blessing me so much in this relationship. This is definitely going to go on to marriage and kids and, you know, it's going to be awesome. And of course that didn't happen because honestly, God didn't promise that. And of course I could have taken those feelings and deified them and made, made those feelings the reason that I believed God had, uh, done this, but Mm -hmm. the fact is that wasn't a promise of God. So guys, what do we do in those moments when we do feel like God has let us down? You know, when we're disappointed that something didn't happen, I mean, ultimate reality, we all land on the fact that, you know, ultimately God, no, is not going to let you down. He can't, right? Right. He saved you to the utmost. Um, He's not letting you go out of his hand. He's fulfilling his promises. He's working things for the good of those who he has called for his purposes. He is fully good. He is fully honest. He is fully powerful. He is is both good and powerful. Mm -hmm. But when we misinterpret things, and when things don't go how we thought they should have gone, um, and we have to wrestle with those emotions, because those those emotions do come up, what what do we do with that? How, How do we respond to that? Well, I think there are, I mean, there are a few things that come to my mind immediately. I guess I'll just start with this one. Um, as I kind of already mentioned, we, I think we need to cling, and even as you guys just said, I mean, let's let's be crystal clear. Like, we need to cling to the promises of Scripture. Amen. Um, we need to read it. We need to dwell in it. We need to meditate on it. And we need to trust in God based on what He says in His Word. Um, I think that's step one. And I think as you kind of do that as well, um, being willing to be completely honest both with yourself. So you need to take a look at your own heart and realize why you are um, reacting in such a way. Because, I mean, as, as blunt as this may be, I know for myself, often what the reason that I'm so upset by certain things is because I have an idol in my heart. Amen. That there's something that I need, you know, that I am valuing more than I should be valuing it. And let's say it's not, not that it has no value, but the minute that that becomes the ultimate thing in my life... And then when it gets ripped away and then all of a sudden I'm devastated, that feeling of devastation comes because I put so much, probably too much value on it. Yeah. So I think we need to be honest and, and take a look in ourselves. And then I think as we see modeled throughout the Psalms, we need to pray. Mm-hmm. We need to pray honestly um, and openly to God and we need to repent and also just confess how we um, feel, like realistically. I think yeah. we need to not just yeah, pray I think, I sugar-coated think, prayers, but I go ahead. that Steve. last part is really, really important because it's... One of the problems that I, some, I think we sometimes have as Christians is that we try to paper over the way that real feelings are real. Like, they're really, they're really the way you're feeling. They're really the things that you're experiencing. We, but we, 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 you know, we want to jump from, I'm feeling horrible. I, this thing that I had desired was, is gone. This thing that I had thought I had has been removed. Uh, this thing that I, you know, I really enjoyed and a promise of God I thought was being worked out is gone now. Mm-hmm. And we just jump to, you know, hold, cling to the promises. And yes, that's true. Cling to the promises of God. But you know what? It's okay to grieve. You can also cry out to God. I mean, I'm staring here on my screen, Psalm 13. Yeah. Right? Lovely Psalm. As it literally starts off, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Right. I mean, that's that's David wrestling with his emotions. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to make your feelings the ultimate arbiter of truth for your feelings to be real and for you to be able to 
express them. Mm-hmm. Well, go ahead and read the last few verses. Yeah, we, I mean, he goes down and talks about his enemy, you know, his enemy will say that basically I've overcome you, and he's saying, basically, God, if you don't intervene, this is what my enemy is going to say. Uh, but then verse 5 and 6, the end of the psalm, but I have trusted in your faithful love. So he, he grounds himself back in the scripture, like, regardless of how I feel, I know this is true about you. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. Which is very ironic considering how this, the psalm started, right? Right. How long? But in the end, no, you have treated me generous, generously, right? But, David knows who his God is despite how he's feeling. And I think that's why what Steve just said was really very, very needed to be emphasized is that your feelings don't determine what's true. And we no. need to ground ourselves back in the truth. And that's exactly what you see in that psalm. It's how long, Lord, life is really bad filter whatever word you want into there exactly um but i will trust and of course again i I just want to accent this so much because it's so easy for us to imagine that you know you can you can turn off your feelings i know you can't Mm -hmm. Uh, i i know that the feelings are real i know that you do actually have to go through these things but it's important that we recognize where the that they that those feelings exist but also that the truth isn't based in your feelings. You don't need them to be the truth. You need the you need your feelings to be real, but you don't need them to be your definer of truth. Mm-hmm. That's where we end up in problems. Especially as pastors, if someone were to come to us and you know they were struggling with these feelings, um, they felt they were let down by God. They were, they felt they were disappointed by God. Um, it's not always helpful to just jump right into Scripture and not to help someone parse through those feelings. Yeah, Maybe even just to vent for a bit, to get it off their chest with how they're feeling, um, and help them walk it through, and then go with the Scripture, and it's like, how does this apply? What, where does this come into, right? I think the other thing that we... Um, that we <laughs> why we get upset when, when we feel like God has let us down is because we make ourselves out to be God. So we, when we pray, how often are we praying to ourselves... Uh, how often are we conjuring up, you know, I, I hope this happens. If I just work this out, if I just do this, then, you know, A, B, and C will take place. And But we often forget that God's ways are higher than our ways, his yeah. thoughts higher than our thoughts. And, uh, you know, we, we don't, we will, this side of eternity, we will never, ever fully grasp what God is doing yeah. in our lives. And I just want to follow that up before you jump in, Steve. So, you know, um, Love Pastor Steve's preaching, Pastor Steve Bray, and Steve Dodd. Love you preaching as well. Um, <laughs> had to add that, didn't you? <laughs> That's right. But I, I'll never forget one day I was, as I was listening to and watching Steve preach, he, he, he used this analogy how, you know, when, when we pray, we pray to God. And he, in, in our lives, we're playing this, you know, 2D level of chess. We, we see the, the piece across the board and we, we think we're making, you know, uh, an advancement in this direction. But God's playing 5D chess. And the, what we think we're praying for uh, and, and asking the Lord to do, he's like, yeah, but just watch what I'm going to do. Because of this prayer, you know, this is a theoretical example. You're praying for the salvation for this person, but in fact, this person's going to die and they're going to bring this person saving faith and then that's going to happen. And this, and it's a chain reaction. We just, we just don't know what God's going to do with our, our prayers, right? So it's having a healthy expectation, understanding of, you know, answered prayer and, and who God is and we're not God. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important that we recognize that we might not actually see all of the ways that God is going to fulfill fill his plans. I mean, a, a pastor that I listened to would, would say once that, you know, 
God is doing a million, million, million good things with every event that's happening in your life. Mm-hmm. You might get to see one. And I think too, as we kind of been chatting about this, talking about Adam, the question of like, you know, what, what should you do? Um, and I think you were even kind of alluding to it a moment ago. And another really great thing to do in these kinds of scenarios is to find a godly person, whether it be a mentor or a friend or whoever, and talk with them. Yeah. Like be honest with yourself, be honest with God, but then be honest with somebody else because it's very possible, especially when emotions are high mm-hmm. and tensions are high, that you're missing something. And it might take the friend to go, hey, like I, I understand that you know, you're know you feeling this way and that this is all that you're seeing right now, but but look at this thing, way that God is working. Look at this way that God is working. Look how he might be able to spin this into this. Like sometimes you just need that, yeah. you know, godly friend perspective to kind of point you back to Christ because, you know, it can be very hard to do it on your own. And sometimes, you know, I think that's why we have accountability. That's why we have a church family. That's why, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, Mm -hmm. all right, guys. So, you know, we've done, I think we've done a pretty good job of saying basically your feelings aren't invalidated. Um, You can express them. You can cry out to God with them. But there, you always get some pushback from from some people saying like, "No, I need like, you know, my feelings are everything to me. You're 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 not hearing me. You're not understanding." So let's go back and like, what is wrong with interpreting God's actions through our own feelings? Why is that a wrong thing for me to go to God and say, "God, you're not measuring up to what I thought you were"? Why is it wrong to interpret God's promises or God's actions through your feelings? Yes. Why would it be right? End the podcast. No. <laughs> no, I, 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 I know that's a bit, bit of a, mm-hmm. an extreme thing to say, but I, I and I mean, I, I, I don't want to be flippant about it because, again, feelings are very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. But I've had a whole bunch of different things that have happened in my life where I had feelings about it, and my feelings were wrong. So let, let's create a, like a little... Uh illustration, a little analogy, if you will, right? So husband and wife, uh, and and a husband and wife are discerning and praying through whether to go on missions, right? Whether to pack up shop, move overseas and live their lives serving the Lord in whatever capacity he has for them. Along the way, along the journey, the husband says, you know what? I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, I need to get a divorce with you because God is sending me over to, to missions. What do you do with that? Like, do your feelings dictate the truth because you feel? Well, (laughs) I'd probably say something. I mean, if you're if it was you, I'd tell you you're being an idiot and you should listen to the Bible. So that's definitely not me. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I mean, in most cases, like I I mean, I've already got the time with you. You know, we we've we've hung out. We know we know each other. But I mean, I'd have to ask with 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 all due respect, what feelings are you having? I can't, I can't disagree with your feelings, mm. but I can certainly disagree with the interpretation of your feelings. But this isn't like a... Uh, God doesn't... You know, it isn't like your feelings gave you a series of lines in your head, you must divorce your wife. It's, it's, it, feelings don't exist on that level. No, your feelings are subjective. They change right. all the time. This isn't like a... a listen to your feelings, Luke, right? Like this is okay. I I really should point point out that when, when Darth Vader says, search your feelings, you know it to be true. Right. You listen. 
<laughs> He's the villain. <laughs> All right, guys. But but so let's look at this as more of a negative thing that you know people don't like to talk about because usually when we talk about this is like my feelings are reality or my feelings are so strong. Like you know how are they not true? Um, what happens when your feelings are very negative? Like Jonah. Yeah. Like let's let's look. At, so Jonah was very disappointed by God. Mm-hmm. Or he felt like God let him down because God stayed true to his character. And God didn't commit genocide. Right? So what do you do with that? Because literally, I have it in front of me. Jonah Jonah 4, after God did not you know, destroy the Ninevites, Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He prayed to the Lord. Please, Lord, isn't this what I said when I was still in my own country? That's why I fled. I knew you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and one who relents from disaster. And now, Lord, this is what he says, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. He was a big sookie pants. Those are very strong <laughs> feelings, though, he right? Was. He was yeah. a big sookie. So why are, why are his feelings not right? Why is God not wrong there? You know, because if that's the logic, then those are very strong feelings. Yeah. And of course, that's going to be the problem with all of our feelings, because the fact is, all of the feelings that we have are so clearly malleable by all sorts of things that go on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, it also goes back to, the, again, the, the thing that we've said a few times now is that our feelings do not define what is true. So, like, why can't God be wrong? I mean, God just definitionally can't be wrong, period. No matter how Jonah feels, that doesn't change that truth. Right. God's actions are always going to be right, and God in that scenario was right, no matter how, you know, sooky pants Jonah was. Um, that's just kind of so he's never he's no longer the runaway prophet. Now he's just a sooky pants prophet. <laughs> he's the <a sooky> pants <laughs> prophet. <laughs> but let's look at the end the of Jonah, of right? Like, <laughs> Jonah ends on a We're, cliffhanger, though. So and just for all you listening, yes, all of us in this room have been sooky pants people. So <laughs> we, we relate to Jonah. <laughs> but so like after God gives him this plant to shade him from the heat and he sends the worm to go kill it, you know, Jonah gets more upset. And God asks Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And Jonah says, yes, it's right. I'm angry enough to die about a plant. But then God very much puts him in the place. So it ends on a cliffhanger, yes, but he puts him on, in his place. You cared about the plant, which you did not labor over and did not grow. It appeared in the night in Paris. So may I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and left, as well as many animals, which shows Jonah's feelings were wrong. They were misplaced. He, he was, you know, deceived by them, really. I'm not saying we're all deceived, but we need to take a second and think, okay, yes, my feelings are here. I need to deal with them, but are my feelings justified? Well, and, and that's, that's a good thing to way of putting it, because our feelings are not bad. Mm-hmm. Our feelings are not things that we should avoid. In fact, our feelings are important. We're told to rejoice in the Lord. That's actually a feeling. Yep. Uh, you're, you're, I mean, we're commanded to have that feeling. There are, feelings are not a bad thing. The problem is going to be when we use our feelings as a method of defining the truth. I got a feeling. <laughs> Tonight's oh. going to be a good night. <laughs> So, guys, I mean, is there anything anyone else wants to add to this before we clue this up? I think we've done a really good job talking about this one. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but I enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I just want to accent there what uh, Dave said earlier about just bringing these things to God in prayer. Uh, A friend of mine once had a—his father 
was a pastor and he had a whole bunch of different questions that God would that he would have against God, a lot of them based in feelings and things. And the the number one response that he would his father would tell him in the thick uh, Scottish accent that I'm not going to pretend that I can do. Well, why don't you tell God about it? Because God's always listening and God does still care and that that is one promise that's there and even if you feel like he doesn't hear you, he does. And you know, it might not be right now. It might be, but it might not be right now. He will answer you. He will give you the, the, the response because he does actually promise that if you pray for wisdom, he'll give it to you. So uh, That's in James. No, it it's is. in a lot of places. Well, that's, that's good stuff, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh, look forward to more as we uh, keep going through 2022 i almost said 2021 but look forward to more as we go through this year and we have more guests and more interviews and more interesting topics so take care and we'll see you again next week you've been listening to rugged theology rugged theology is brought to you by mile one mission if you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.